This is Come On Kinds with Martin Quilty and Onya Fahey. Good evening, everybody, and welcome once again into the KCLR studios here in Kilkenny <coughs> for Come On Kind with myself, Martin Quilty. And as always, I'm delighted to be joined by my co-host, Anya Fahi. Good evening, Anya. Good evening, Martin. How are we today? We are great. Thank you very much. It's been a busy day here in the KCLR studios today. Just finished with full time and we are now belting on our way with our Come On Kind podcast here with ourselves as well. And we have a lot to get through, but we are going to start, obviously, with the Ashburn Cup weekend which was played last week and hosted by UCD in Belfield a good win for TUD Dublin or formerly DIT all these abbreviations really get to me and they put me off big time but anyway it used to be DIT it's now D. T-U-D um, which is uh, two players playing with Kilkenny yep. and that is Emma Minogue and Sarah Barco mm-hmm. it's their first time ever in the grade of Ashburn they won the Parcel Cup last year for the first time went up into the Ashburn and came away with victory no thanks without shadow of a doubt though to a very late free two late frees mm-hmm. one from Roshi McCormack to bring it to extra time and what a free to win the match as well right at the death yeah absolutely. the Antrim player outstanding but they did win it mm-hmm. and they beat UCC in the final yeah I bet UCC in the final and I suppose UCC after being beaten I think they were beaten they were beaten last year and last year's um, in last year's final by DCU as well they'd obviously be you know extremely devastated over that and you know for UCC they had a tough game the previous day having to go to extra time to beat DCU in that semi-final and then having to go to extra time again and you know Roisin McCormack she has been a pain in the side for Kilkenny you know in back in the 2019 Intermediate All-Ireland Final there she was one of the, the stars of that Antrim team and you know to just have a nerves of steel really to stand up not just in normal time to you know get that point to send them to extra time but then to stand up literally in the final moments of an Ashburn final and it was tricky enough free it was right over on the sideline as well but you know really calm and collective over it took the free and nailed it straight between the posts there and you know she didn't even kind of you know jump or have a little celebrate after it. she just you know got back on with the business she knew that there was a couple of seconds left and you know it's absolutely brilliant I think it's really, really good for uh, tech, the Technical University in Dublin to win it. I think it's great to see a new team coming to the fore as well. Um, you know, they had topped their group as far as I'm aware um, on score difference and, you know, that's something that we'll get into in a yeah. while. Um, but yeah, do you know what? They certainly seem to have been the team on form. Now, they did have a very comfortable win in the semi-final against WIT the previous day. So maybe that's, maybe they weren't, as we say, maybe tired or that of UCC who did have a more difficult game. But listen, you have to give credit where credit is due uh, TUD certainly deserved their victory and what an achievement as you mentioned already winning um, Purcell Cup last year only their first year in the competition and then straight up to Ashburn and winning it and great to see uh, Tuchel Kenny players what a year Emma Minogue is after having with James Stevens and of course Sarah Barco winning a county final with Thomastown as well at senior level the two girls would be absolutely delighted with that and it's go- it's really good to see the two of them now will be are in on the in training with the senior panel too so an excellent excellent achievement and great to have Kilkenny players in 
involved. It certainly was and obviously the Ashbourne Cup is not the only uh, final that's played over the weekend because there is uh, mm-hmm. uh, Shield finals that will be taking part as well but there's five divisions and the newly named uh, Ashley Murphy Cup which is the old Division 5 uh, final that was played on Friday night and the Inwell Gone final was also played I think on Friday night as well mm-hmm. so can you tell us who was after winning those and you're looking because I'm looking for the <laughs> results here as well because I forgot to look at the results before I came in I know that um, I know that IT Sligo I think were beaten in the final um, on Friday night because we did have two girls and I, if memory serves me right it's two girls from Kilmacow that are involved in that panel um, Anya Phelan and is involved in one of them and for the life of me I cannot think of Quiva Cody and she's a sleeve rule girl that's it there's two yeah so two girls involved in the Sligo team they were unfortunately beaten in that match on Friday night and then the other one that I cannot pronounce because I can never pronounce it the Oemuel Gone Emuel Gone Emuel Gone yep um, I actually don't even know who was in that final isn't that terrible we're actually we're shocking we're shocking podcasters here can't even come up to stage there's so much going on over the last couple of days and the Wi-Fi is absolutely crap here as well um, isn't this terrible isn't it that I can't find it right I will come back and I will find the result but obviously there was uh, other finals as well the Purcell Cup final was on um, at the weekend and obviously whoever wins the Purcell Cup like we knew with TUD last year they then go up into the Ashburn final so uh, do we know who won the Purcell Cup um, it was the Cork College I think and they now call it the Munster Technical University. MTU? Yeah, isn't that correct? Yep, and formerly CIT. Yes, that's it, because I've seen actually Saoirse McCarthy, who has been a stalwart for Cork, she was actually, she was captain on the team and she also got player of the match on that, so, you know, that's a great accolade for her. Unfortunately, we didn't have actually any Kilkenny players on that on that uh, squad at all there, but, you know, it was, um, it was great for um, MTU Cork to be winning that, and then obviously you had UCD um, who won the, the Father Mark Cup, and we had a couple of girls a couple of Bar Ranger girls um, as far as I'm aware that had been on the UCD team so great to see UCD, UCD getting there as well yeah so we had um, I have it here now we had Anna Purcell Anna Kerwin Aideen Cody Ellen Purcell Katie Ryan and Sinead Lanigan all on that UCD panel that won the Father Mark Cup so that's another great achievement and great to see I think Kilkenny had in total I think we were the third highest um, county in throughout the whole competition with um, players involved in the, in the Ashburn weekend we'll say so that was really really good to see obviously um, Dublin being the team that had the most I think they had 76 and I think Kilkenny had about 40 was 43 or 48 players involved so yeah some really really good games and I suppose Ashburn has always been a huge weekend but you know this weekend definitely does, um, belongs to the Technical University of Dublin but it didn't come without a weekend of um, a lot of discussion that went on through social media outlets and things like that as well over a certain college being omitted from the competition a couple of days prior to it it certainly did. Right, let's delve into it because obviously the UL Ashburn panel mm-hmm. um, set up a page at the weekend, uh, or during last week I should say, mm-hmm. uh, to basically voice their frustration about the fact that they were after being announced as the team to go through to the weekend semi-final stages. <laughs> Programme was printed, UL was in that programme all of the players was in the programme named as all the rest of the teams for the semi-final and those going forward to the finals would be to discover on a Wednesday morning by email with a one line statement to say sorry you're not taking part that another college is going through in your place because 
of seemingly there was an irregularity in a score that was played between DCU and Maynooth back last November and DCU had put in some sort of an appeal or an objection to the fact that the score was wrong Mm -hmm. and it went to the THDC committee of the national organisation because the CCAO doesn't have their own one to my knowledge they dealt with it and decided that DCU was going to go through at the expense of UL and UL did try to put through several Mm -hmm. appeals themselves and to get a hearing into it and it didn't happen no and you know what it's really after and I hate saying this because we do kind of we do boast that the Ashburn competition is such great great competition but it, which it is it is it's brilliant but this has just really after putting a dark shadow over the whole competition it's made it look absolutely farcical it's appalling you know the way that the UL players were treated and I suppose like there's an awful lot of questions to come from that and you know, and we can only say this here, Martin, that we obviously don't know the the, the ins and outs no, of everything, no, but no. we can just, we're just giving our opinion on what has been put out through social media and put out to the outlets or whatever the case may be. But I suppose the first question for me is, if a match happened in November, why did it take two months? Three three months for the for the score mm-hmm. to be um, adjusted or the score to be put in correctly. To me, that doesn't make any sense at all. Why wait three months? If you're over a team, would you not be, if you had seen that this wrong scoreboard had gone up online or whatever the case may be, would you not have contacted whoever it was straight away and said, sorry, but that score is incorrect instead of having this, you know, this crisis basically come and happen in two and a half, three months later. To me, it doesn't make any sense at all. I think it's, you know, it's after leaving a really bitter taste um, with a lot of people. And I just think that the way it was, I think the way it was gone about in the first place, I don't think it was right. It doesn't sit well with me. It's after making everything kind of a little bit of, it's kind of making, turning everything into a bit of a stinker and you can't really take anything, you can't really take it serious now. It's a bit, you know, it's, it's farcical to be honest with you. And I just don't see how I was, how a match that happened last November it was only brought to light when the end of January, start of February, that the score was wrong in it. To me, that's wrong. That's completely wrong. Okay, so the information that we do know is that the game between DCU and uh, Maynooth was played last November. Yeah. And from what I can gather from all of the social media accounts was that there was a post put up on the CCAO page on the 1st of January giving the tables of all of the matches and all of the groupings in the league table. So Mm -hmm. DCU was on top with a plus 34 difference against Maynooth and University of Limerick was after beating TU Dublin in their first game which clearly states the table on the 1st of January. January. Mm -hmm. Now, there is a lot of intelligent people going to college, including the management and the whole lot. And surely to God, somebody was looking at that table and said, hold on a minute, lads. There's something wrong here. That result is not right. Yeah. Has to be. Right. Now, this is on the 1st of January. The matches were then played up to the 21st of January. And on the 28th of January, there was a post put up by the CCAO account which they're brilliant I have yeah. to say they're brilliant for putting up all of their yeah, yeah. their posts and um, keeping everyone updated and we have with the to table say as well that that's the information that they're giving yes, as well correct yeah um the TU Dublin was on top 
They had played three games. They had a plus 49 difference. They had six points. DCU had played three. They had a plus 31 difference. They had six points. UL had two games played, minus two, and they had three points. And Maynooth had two games played, minus 78, no points played. The University of Limerick and the Maynooth University match was postponed because of bad weather and yep. frozen pitch. So that match had to be played. Yep. So for UL to go through, they had to beat Maynooth by more than 33 points as per the table that was out on yep. the 28th of January. January, yeah. They went along and won by 34 points. Yeah. Which would have put them through. And they were, they went and they got clarification of what exactly they needed to do. So like not only were they looking at the, not only were they looking at the table, they contacted the CCAO and they got clarification of what exactly they needed to do to go forward. So they had their homework done. They were given, they were given, um, they were given information from the CCAO to say that they had to score X amount or whatever the case may be to go through for the competition. They went out and they did that. And then all of a sudden they were told that no, actually you're not qualified. To me, it just, it really, really doesn't make any sense. Like I would be bitterly, I would be bitterly sore over it if I was a member of the UL management team or that panel to feel that that weekend was taken away from you or the the, the thoughts of not being able to represent not just your college, but your club and your county at um, the Ashburn Cup was completely taken away with you after a couple of hours of being congratulated, say that you were in the semi-final, then all of a sudden to be taken away. And again, it goes back to the question, why did it, take so long for the DCU whoever it was be it their their sports committee in the college or be it their management team or whoever it was because we don't know who it was why did it take them so long to come back and say that um, no actually that ma- the results in that match were wrong and another question did they know prior to UL going into that match against Maynooth and just not say anything yeah I don't know. I was just looking even to try and go back through the um, the statement from the, the UL players that was put out um, and it's actually gone missing. But I mean, they did put up uh, valid questions that wasn't asked. Now, we are in no on terms blaming anyone no. involved in the CCAO yeah. or the THDC committees was there because we don't know what was in the yeah, EP. Yeah. We don't know what was in the objection. We're just giving facts as they are on all of the social media accounts by everyone at the minute and the CCAO do brilliant work. They're all volunteers involved in the organisation like a lot of people that's involved in it but these things should not happen I mean a referee's report is supposed to be submitted six days after a match full stop that's supposed to go in and it should not take three months for a decision to be made in relation to that and DCU should have known that themselves yeah yeah, they should have. Yeah, like I mean, as I said, the first post was put up on the first of January. They should have seen. Well, look, if we have a plus thirty-four score difference or something wrong here, it should be greater. Let's get on. Let's get it sorted out. There's only one game played. Yeah. No one to be any of the wiser. No one would say anything. No. Referee can clarify it. Bob's your uncle. Done and dusted. But to have your name printed in a mm. program for a college's final and to be told, sorry, you're not taking part in it. And I have to say, the most poignant photograph that I have ever seen actually came with all of the UL players sitting on a fence with the UL jerseys on them watching that semi-final between DCU and UCC. They actually travelled up for the weekend because they were supposed to be travelling anyway. Mm -hmm. But not to be taking part in it I think is an absolute disgrace. It's not fair on those players who done everything correct that they were supposed to be doing through no fault of their own. They thought they were going to be playing in an Ashburn 
semi-final weekend or an Ashbourne final weekend which yeah. is the pinnacle as you know of any yeah. college player's career that's where you want to be and to have it then taken away I suppose less within 24 hours of being told that you're going to be there and then to be told sorry you're not there's something after happening in the meantime that's gone before the THDC committee they have ruled on it whatever way they did and DCU is going through and sorry but you're out Yeah and I think that was and I think that was kind of like the kick for them like they felt like they didn't get a reasonable reasonable explanation as to what had actually happened or or on what grounds and to be fair to the to be fair to the 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 players they did set up um, a page on Twitter like and they wanted to kind of get their feelings across and they wanted to let people know that this wasn't right that they've trained just as hard like and you know to be told like the elation of qualifying for the weekend is just something it's just out of this world it's absolutely brilliant and then to be told like a couple of days later that no actually sorry you're not going through like there's already been time and probably money spent on trying to sort out accommodation for the girls for the weekend there was probably buses being arranged there's meals being arranged I'm sure there was gear probably trying to be arranged as well in that short space of time and then for all of that to be literally squashed and for I I think what you well are trying to get across is that they haven't been given a reasonable explanation as to why and they do kind of question a lot of things like and there's just I'm just going to read this is what they put up on their Twitter account um, with the picture of them all lined across the fence Um, we came to UCD today looking for an answer as to why we were forced to watch instead of play disappointing that nobody from the CCAO took time to meet us acknowledge our situation or indeed apologise and I suppose that's what they're trying to get through like they felt that they were completely ignored Um, they just wanted answers and they do like and they've been very very diplomatic in how they have gone about this like you know there was a lot of people could have said like oh they should take a stand and go marching on the pitch or you know do whatever they do whatever they can like but they remained very very dignified in how they reacted to this they just wanted answers and that was it and it feels like they haven't been giving any answers at all there's more statements here about rules that they put in like you know they were saying that they got official clarification that they needed 33 points then they're going into like you know um, the breaches in rules that were broken um, but you know so like they literally there's a lot of things that they have that they have kind of come up with and they they just want answers for that and you can totally get it if I was a player in their position I would absolutely want answers too of course too. you would yeah and I think you know it's very it's un- very unfortunate and it's really after kind of putting a, a bad light over the whole Ashburn competition and again we're not putting blame on anybody nope. but I suppose you have to look at it from a UL point of view they're obviously very very disappointed and to be kind of thrown out in the means that they were thrown out they haven't done anything wrong they the information that they were given they went with that information they played that match they won that match by 34 points they were clear they were true they were after qualifying for an All-Ireland semi-final because that's what it is and then to be told no sorry you can't go through it and they haven't remained they can be very, I think the girls can be very very proud of themselves they've been extremely dignified in the matter of how they've um, you know portrayed themselves yeah. in the media they just want answers and you know what I think they are going to keep going at this they should get answers even though the Ashburn weekend is, is over and done with this is something that we need to learn from now and mm-hmm. we can't make the same mistake again no. but there is there's a lot of you see the time frame was against them as well because yeah. whatever way that the THDC dealings is with whether it's the appeal or whether they could appeal the decision by DCU in the first place I mean they have the option of going all the way to the DRA which yeah. has been set up now within the Camogie circles but like that takes time that doesn't just happen on a whimper yeah. you know it does cost a lot of money let's be fair to go to the DRA like because you're dealing with solicitors and barristers and everything so mm. like it is expensive to bring a case to the DRA um, as we've known from people before especially in GAA circles and that 
but it shouldn't happen. It and shouldn't happen. No. Let's be fair, as we said, we we are not blaming anybody. Um, and I mean, I don't know whether you saw the uh, the. Say it for me, Alliance Sunday uh, section last night where Ivan Nikhilin and Ursula Jacob and mm. Donald Logue was talking about it. And Ursula has played in many uh, a final. I yeah. think you actually played with her in yeah. um, WIT. Yeah. So, I mean, she has been there. I think she captained the team at she one did. stage to win a yeah. final. So, Ursula and yourself knows exactly what you're talking about when it comes to college, what it means to the players and the whole lot. But I have to say, Don Logue's point like doesn't really work either um, on it, and we have to address this as well because the inclusion and the integration process that's happening at the minute, right? That's still not going to say that this could not happen. Like you look at the Kilmacud Croaks section yeah. was in the GAA going back a couple of weeks ago, and the debacle that everyone was giving out about the GAA there that they couldn't do their business correctly, mm-hmm. and that why didn't they step in and deal with it? And Kilmacud Croaks were going to take this all the way to make sure that they were awarded the competition fairly or whatever way you want to yeah. do with this. There wasn't lingering doubt hanging over them. Which look, let's be honest there probably is going to be anyway yeah, because of yeah. the competition yeah. the same thing is going to happen with UL but just because the associations either amalgamate or combine or come together there was no guarantee that this was not going to happen Yeah, like there was an error somewhere along the line and those errors have to be found out where they happened mm. why it took so long for a result to go in and if a result was put in back last November officially then how was it amended mm three months later and you know this probably goes into what I think and I know we spoke about it last week as well and I was just saying like there has to be some kind of um, a call on that to say like if a report goes in like a team should only have X amount of days to appeal that or whatever the case would be because if that's the case then But you're technically you do like I mean if you play a game right so Tolerone and Sleeve is playing a game in the morning right and ye win the game by whatever and there's a dispute point or whatever and the match was videoed and we have clear video evidence that the match was wrong etc and ye won the match by a solitary point well then there's six days to appeal that decision like to go forward with it and that's as per the official guide, not three months. Yeah, but that's what I mean. November to the end of January, that's that's longer than six days. So why was it even? Why would? It, why was it even tolerated? Yeah, why I don't know. Well, we can't answer these yeah. questions. You so see, like, but these are the questions yeah. are unanswered at the minute. And I think that's. And I think that's going to. I think that's the problem. Like, you know, is this after opening up a can of worms now that we can go out and play a match? For example, two of us go out and play a match in the morning, but then three months down the line, I'll say no, actually that was wrong and the score that went in was actually wrong and I come back three months later that's going to open up a can of worms that you are never ever going to get shut unless there is actually a clear rule put in place saying um, so the referee has to have his report in for six days and then either club has two three days then to appeal if needs be and if they don't that's it that's but the that final official they are there at the minute and I think so this, why is, wasn't it this is the question of why this was amended know. three months later and I think this is what UL is looking to find the answer to yeah. as well and you, you, I don't blame them I think they have been I think they have been really really wronged here um, and let's be fair they have been dignified as well I mean they could have went all gun the hell blazing yeah. and do whatever they like to disrupt the competition and make sure that it wasn't played etc yeah. but they didn't in fairness to them and you know that shows an awful lot of character and uh, and the values that stay are within the school as well. Yeah, it certainly is. And like, do you know what? I think you're right. Like, I think it will probably go further than it has been done here. And, you know, let's be fair. If you were kind of maybe on a 50-50, you could say that they'll maybe say, no, do you know what? We're not going to go any further on it. But they are 
100% right. They just want answers. They're not being given official answers as to why they were thrown out of the competition. And like, let's call a spade a spade. I would imagine that there's plenty of money there for them to, you know, keep going and pushing on and pursue this as much as possible. And I think it's only right. We're obviously not looking for the title to be taken off of well, uh, TUD or anything let's, like that. Let's be fair, they can't because, no. I mean, TUD is totally innocent yeah, in this. absolutely. They were there on merit. They got to their semi-final. They beat yeah. SETU Waterford. They beat UCC in the final mm-hmm. as well. So, I mean, they're totally blameless in this. Yep, they are absolutely. worthy champions and deserve a champions as well. But answers remain for UL and I don't think that unless they can get the answers that this issue is going to go away anytime soon. No, it's certainly not and it's just going to leave everything wide open if the same thing happens next year. If two teams go out and play each other and then one college team decides three months later no, the score was actually wrong. Like, you know, and I suppose another question for that is like where was the backing for this? Like where, uh, like was there proof that the score was wrong or whatever? Now, I don't know. I'm just speculating here so please, I'm like, don't anyone think that I'm trying to say things that are going on when they're not going on but like was there proof there that the score was wrong. See, we, again, you know, we don't again, know. we don't know. But like, there's an awful lot. Of, it's very, very messy. Really, really messy. But you and know it what the problem in all this as well is there was a brilliant game of Camogie played at the weekend between yep. TUD and UCC that went to extra time. A fabulous player from uh, Antrim, Antrim uh, who was brilliant for Antrim last year as well, yep. got an amazing point to win their very first yep. ever Ashburn final. And all the talk about that weekend is the debacle that went on the yep. week leading up to that. Now, yep. isn't that a sad affair? And, we, and we're probably guilty of it here yep. as well. But unfortunately, that's the reality of the issue. Yeah, it is. Like and you know you, it feels like you kind of are taken away from the technical university in Dublin, but like I suppose this is a topic that it does need to be discussed because like it is being spoke about everywhere and it does you like you need to get answers and you know I know what you and me are going to say here it's not going to make anybody give us answers but like I do think it's important that um, like we do have Kilkenny players on that UL panel as well like and I do think it's important for them to know that you know you were wronged and you should get your answers and you're dead right to be doing what you what you are doing and that you have remained very very dignified and very very respectful in how you've gone and about it. And ask any supporters yeah. as well I mean we have to highlight for them because yeah. we are going to follow and back our support our players mm. to their best of their ability like if they have been wronged. Yeah absolutely now we do have players obviously on the DCU team as well. Correct yeah. Um, and you know like we're not saying this is players. No no. It's no, absolutely no, no, no. not at all um, but it's just it's just disappointing um, and I suppose like you know you you do have to feel for UL in the whole situation. They were wrongly um, taken out of a Ashburn semi-final that they had worked extremely hard to get. Like, they couldn't control the weather that the match had to be postponed in the first place. You know, they couldn't do that. They did everything in their merit to try and get through um, and did exactly what they had to do. They'd got official confirmation of what they needed to score. They went out, they scored 34 points, celebrating, absolutely brilliant, into a Ashburn semi-final and then all of a sudden completely taken out of you. It was wrong and there's an awful lot of questions. Why did it take two and a half months was the score known before? Was this information known before that match had been played ahead? There's an awful lot of very, very messy, messy questions there that need to be answered and somebody needs to do it and there's still an awful lot of stuff going around on social media um, on the page and apparently the UL girls have an awful lot of information that they want to bring forward and this is what they want to bring forward to an appeals process and they weren't given the opportunity to do that either. Yeah, I see their statement has been deleted recently as well mm. whether someone has got to them or not on that. But yeah. uh, Anyway, uh, it is a busy weekend for Camogie. It is great that 
the National Leagues are going to be starting back as well sponsored this year by Very um, they used to be the Little Woods but they mm-hmm. have changed name since uh, we are going to start where will we start will we start with the Division 1A which is the Kilkenny Clare and Cork Dublin Tip and Galway group so our first game is against Clare. It is at the weekend. It is <laughs> Sunday at two oh, sorry, twelve o'clock in mm-hmm. Cusick Park in Ennis. It's part of a double header with the football game, and this is the first game since Kilkenny <coughs> has won the All Ireland final back last August. So, how do you see this one going so early? Because we know that Clare can be a bogey team for mm-hmm. Kilkenny, uh, as we've seen many a time in Cusick Park. So, give us your verdict on this one. Do you know what? I think it's going to be very, very interesting. I think you know between all the counties now that have played over that are going to be playing next weekend they've had an awful lot of girls that would have been involved in the Ashburn weekend so girls are training and they're at a different level and they're at all the college girls are at a championship pace now where they need to be for that Ashburn level so it's just it's going to kind of be about tweaking how these girls have recovered over this week and you know how they're going to take on the games this week I think that Kilkenny I think that we are going to see a couple of new faces on the Kilkenny squad and I think it's going to be something that we definitely need I wouldn't be surprised if a few of our golden oldies are given a bit of a rest now at this at the start of the year because I do think there's an awful lot of girls that can come into the come into the games here and I think it'll be games like these that Brian Down and the management team will be looking to see if they can pull um, you know a, a potential player who's going to make it into a championship team like let's be honest like Tiffy Fitz last year she had an excellent campaign in the league and she held her position there in championship she did and this is what the league is going to be all about it's going to be seeing where, where we can breed new players in from and like looking for players that are going to make an impact when it comes to championship um, you're right Clare have always been whatever it is about Clare they've been tough like they've been very very tough to break down you're also going down to Clare in their own backyard I think it is going to be a tough day one for Kilkenny you know the Kilkenny girls obviously only back from their holiday a matter of weeks so they only have a couple of weeks training behind them but I do think there will be a certain bit of excitement and, a, and they'll be oozing with confidence going in to the league this year um, All-Ireland champion and I think you know I think as a unit I think they're really after gelling together over the last couple of months and weeks I mean I would be expecting Kilkenny to win but I do think Clare are going to throw everything at them I think it's going to be a tight one here now Okay so just lightly giving the nod to Kilkenny in this one Yeah Okay the next game then is going to be Cork and Dublin uh, that is in the MTU Cork grounds or the f- old CIT grounds down in Cork. It has a 2pm throw-in. Dublin have new management this year with Tipperary's Paul Kelly mm-hmm. gone into the helm there as well. And, uh, you know, it won't be easy. Cork lost out to Kilkenny in last year's All-Ireland final. So, you know, there was a good game in Cork last year between Kilkenny and Cork. Cork yeah. went through to the league final and score difference yeah. um, which Galway came away and won that day so how do you see this going between the two teams? Yeah, do you know what? I think it'll be very interesting. I think a lot of people were very impressed with Dublin last year and I suppose it's kind of what are they going to bring to that this year? Um, I know Ali Toomey is obviously she would have been on the Dublin panel the last couple of years. She's after actually relocating to Australia and she's actually going to be playing um 
the AFL over there with Collingwood. So like she's going to be a bit of a loss for Dublin as well. Huge there. loss. Huge loss, you know. Like, um, but I suppose then when you kind of look at the both teams, like both of them again, and going back to the Ashburn, they would have would have had an awful lot of girls that would have been involved in Ashburn. I suppose you look at it, you had the Munster Technical University winning the Purcell Cup there. You're going to have an awful lot of Cork girls on that. Obviously UCC just full of Cork players as well. And then Dublin, they're obviously going to have, you're going to have the TUD girls who would be involved with Dublin there. You're going to have the DCU girls and being involved with Dublin. So there's going to be a lot of players that are going to be at a completely different match fitness this time of year to, to some of the other ones. Um, I think it's going to be a tough task though for Dublin, especially with new management team. Paul is probably going in there, um, maybe a little blind to knowing who he has or what he has, but it's these games that he's obviously going to be getting to see like exactly what, exactly what he has and who he's working with. And um, obviously Matthew Toomey has obviously brought in a new coach as well because Davy Fitz, Fitz is now going to be with him. So yeah. Liam Cronin is in there now as the new coach and Liam who previously worked with the Clare Senior Hurling yeah. squad as well brings a wealth of experience to that role. Yeah, I think, do you know what, Cork always take the league very serious. It's kind of like their starting pillar for the year. They set themselves their couple of steps and I think this is the main one that they're going to want to go for this year as well. Obviously, the O'Duffy Cup being, at, being you know further down in the summer. I think Cork will probably come out victory in this one as well. The fact that it is in their backyard and be very, very interesting to see. Okay, so giving a, a slight nudge to Cork on that game. The last game then of the 1A games is going to be Tipperary and Galway. The old foes renewing rivalry again at the rag in Tipperary. It is a 2pm throw and it's a home game for Tipperary but mm-hmm. I hear that uh, not confirmed but Cahill uh, Murray might only be taking the senior team this year instead of two teams in Galway so is that showing an intent straight away that he's just uh, going to concentrate on the senior and try and get the O'Duffy back? Yeah definitely I think so I think you know especially after Galway kind of winning the Intermediate All-Ireland last year you know obviously none of those players would have been available um, for will not be available for the selection for an Intermediate Galway team this year so when you think about it Cahill Murray potentially has about 60 plus players to, to pick from for our Galway senior squad so he doesn't actually need to be involved with the with the Galway intermediates this year because he has the pick of the top 60 players in the county there at the moment um, do you know what I think I think Galway are going to go out with serious intent this year. I think they were extremely disappointed um, not getting to not being able to re- retain their um, All Ireland All Ireland um, hopes last year, and I think they're going to have to start from the ground up with this. But I do think we are going to see an awful lot of their intermediate squad um, taking part in their um, in their league section this year. I just Tipperary, whatever happened to them last year, we spoke so much about them. I had huge hopes for them last year. I really thought they were going to break it. New th- management this yeah, year, yeah, new as management well. as, you know, as well. Dennis Kelly is in there and he's after bringing in Kevin Warren and Michael Ferncombe with him yeah it's going to be it's going to be a different kettle of it but I just feel like I, like I hope I want to see something really good from Tipperary this year I'd love to see them back in the form they were in a couple of years ago when they got to a league semi-final final and it wasn't actually played I think that was a that was a massive massive occasion for them but you'd have to say I think Galway are going to be coming out of this all guns blaze and I think that they're going to be throwing everything at it in the league and I think the fact that Carl Murray has potentially 60 odd players to pick with 60 of the top players in the county to pick from I think it's going to be an absolute chaotic couple of months in Galway to try and pick a panel He doesn't he has some backroom team with him as well because I'm just looking here that uh, he has been uh, put in as the new manager with Therese Mara Conor Ryan in as his selectors Francis Madden and Jeff Linsky Yeah 
Yeah, it's a big one. Synonymous yeah. name with underage and under 20, 21 hurlers in Galway as well. And obviously, uh, there's a, a huge amount of backroom team then as well with him. But like when you're bringing in the likes of Jeff Linsky with you, is now I think he was actually in last year towards yeah. the end of it yeah, as he well. Was. Um, there's a certain intent there. Yeah, there is. I think so. And I think it's. You know, I think it's probably to bring in that bit of ruthlessness and that bit of rawness, something that, you know, we've seen Kilkenny kind of um, come in in the last couple of years as well, a real ruthlessness and real rawness. And, you know, let's be fair, I think that's been brought in maybe by the, the hurling side of the guys that came in. They wanted to bring in that extra bit of, you know, physicality into the game. And I think that's certainly what they've done. And I think Carl Murray's probably looking at that as well and, you know, needing that to get that kind of, you know, to be able to keep going for those last 10 minutes and to really be able to pull it out. And, I think Galway are going to go seriously, seriously hard this year in both the league and in the championship. And I feel like they are extremely wounded after last year's All-Ireland semi-final. And they're going to be a team that I would not like to be coming up against anytime soon. So who are you picking for this game at the weekend? Oh, Galway. Going for Galway. Yeah. Okay, Oaks. Well, obviously the division is split into two groups, 1A and 1B. And in the 1B division then you have Antrim and Down. So... Two northern counties bordering one another mm-hmm. going head to head in the first round of the league. That game is on in Portland Own. We've been there before as well, many a time with our underage squad and with our intermediate team as well. Don't know if you actually played in Portland Own with the Kilkenny team the time you were manager? Couldn't tell you. Travelled so much I don't even know. <laughs> I know I was in Glen Reef. I think we were thirty miles from the Scottish we could see the Scottish mainland. Actually, crazy. Like, Castle. I think no, it was no Glenarif. Was it Glenarif? Because I actually, I, there's a picture actually uh, in the bar, and it's Glenarif. And I remember every time I pass it out, I, all I think about is the journey up and the windy roads. Now it's absolutely beautiful up there, but I will never ever forget that journey. Anyway, tell us who is going to win this game between Antrim and Down at the weekend. I think it's going to be an Antrim victory. I think you really have to seriously take Antrim, take Antrim at face value this year when it comes to the league and championship. But I think that they are just growing and growing and they've had so much so much success over the last couple of years and I think obviously Roisin McCormack being a massive figure for TU Dublin um, at the weekend as well she's going to be coming into this match you know with an awful lot of confidence maybe a bit well for wear maybe as well but I definitely think that Antrim is home, home match for Antrim too so I would be expecting I was only actually it. talking to her today because I was hoping that she might be able to come on the podcast this evening but unfortunately herself and the team was uh, still celebrating fortunate for her unfortunately for us Um, and she didn't uh, really want to do the uh, pre-recorded version of it especially when her teammates was around so she is actually coming on next week's podcast with us so no doubt we'll be able to discuss that game against Down with her so you're going with an Antrim win in that game so the next one then we come on to is Wexford and Limerick great to see Wexford back up in Division Mm 1 they won the Division 2 final last year it's a home game for them first off and they are playing it in Chadwick's Wexford Park we know John Lillis is trying to build a team since mm-hmm. last year down in Limerick as well. Can he pull off a victory against Wexford in their home patch this time, or is it going to be first time back up lucky for Lim or for Wexford? I should say. Do you know what? I think this is going to be probably the toughest game of the the whole weekend. I think when you kind of look at Limerick's form and where they got to last year, they were obviously going to be absolutely buzzing the fact that they got to a quarter final. I know things didn't really go their way that day up in Thurles, but they certainly gave a massive account for them and probably a team that we 
didn't necessarily think were going to do much in the championship last year but they certainly came out and proved us wrong I think it's a massive task for them to go to Wexford we said it from the start last year Wexford should not have been playing down in Division 2 like they should have been up Division 1 all the time and it's great to see Wexford back at Division 1 they need to be there if they have any way of trying to compete at senior level for an O'Duffy Cuff they need to be um, they need to be competing in Division 1 um, and I think the fact that they do have a home match this weekend I do think that's going to stand to them I will be expecting Wexford to come out with a victory here I think it's going to be a very tough one but I do think that Wexford will come out with a victory If I'm not mistaken they have new management as well this year with Kevin Tatton stepping down last year if I'm not mistaken He did step down but I haven't heard who the management team is There's, I think there's an awful lot of counties that have uh, have changed up their management team Yeah it's going to be strange but anyway who did you say you're going to go with them with Wexford and Limerick? I'm going to go with Wexford So you're going with the home team yeah. as well Right uh, that's uh, a cookie is on that one <laughs> My producer is handing me a piece of paper Right uh, Wexford have announced a new manager and it is Colin Sunderland oh, who is going to take the reins. Uh, he was, I think. Yeah. Um, Tatton stepped down after uh, Dublin beat Wexford last year in the championship. He is from Outer to the Ballock. You are yeah. dead right. Uh, current uh, senior ladies manager. Um, so I think he was actually the manager, if I'm not mistaken, when Dixborough played him in the Leinster final. Would I be right in saying? I could have been and he's actually married to one of the cures. That's who it is. Yeah. Yep. That's who. So yeah, that's going to be that's a that's a good setup there for Wexford straight away you know he's got the experience of you know winning numerous county finals and you know just I suppose having that drive and being from Owlart Ballad they know exactly what success is and I suppose you know to to be successful it's bred into you and you know that's going to be a massive addition to Wexford Moving then to the very last game of the senior uh, league or as it is known as the Division 1 league we have Offaly and Waterford nice to see Waterford up in the Division 1 again and this game is taking part in St. Brendan's Park in Burr it has a 2pm throw in who are you going to fancy in this one? Do you know what? I'm going for Washford in this one. I just think that Washford are going to be another team that's going to be, have to be really watched this year. Um, I think that they impressed so much last year in the championship that I think they're going to bring that form in as well this year. And it's it's going to be really interesting to see. I think they've finally kind of, you know, broken down the barriers and they're ready to, they re- really are ready to compete with the with the best teams there. They were very, very unlucky in an All-Ireland semi-final last year against Cork. And I definitely think that Washford, I think they're going to be really setting um, a massive standard and going to have a massive ambition for the for the league campaign this year so we'll be expecting Walshford to come out of that with a victory I fear for new Offaly. managers again yeah, innit? I, I fear for Offaly I'm not going to lie now obviously new management team in we don't know what's going to happen but I suppose we can only go on what yeah, we've seen last no, year Well, Kenzie is in with Offaly but yeah. Sean Power is in with Waterford and we know what Sean uh, well I certainly do down mm. my way anyway because he was uh, with the Waterford under 20 hurlers and he got the best out of them young fellas there so yeah. no doubt he will bring um, professionalism into that setup in yeah. Waterford as well and we hopefully again we were supposed to be joined by the Waterford goalkeeper Brianna O'Regan this evening but uh, she took ill uh, on us uh, and couldn't do the recording with me earlier on but she is coming on next week as well Great. so we wish her uh, a quick and speedy recovery um, and looking forward to chatting with her as well and you were saying that she might be in with a victory on the first yep. game I think so I think Waterford I, like, I'm really expecting something big from Waterford this year in both the league and championship and I suppose I suppose for the likes of we'll say the Waterfords and the Wexfords and 
um, and Tipperary's. I think they need to be having a massive, massive impact in the league this year. So I think, you know, they're going to have to go hard. And, uh, you know, the first game, I understand, I know that they're away to, uh, away to Offaly in the first game, but I would be expecting Waterford to continue on their form that they had last year. And obviously with new management as well, there's going to be girls that are going to want to impress so much this year. And it's probably nearly a new thing having a new management team because everybody wants to impress their new manager and get onto that team. So it'll be very interesting to see. It certainly will. If I'm not mistaken, um, and I'm just trying to check here to see if the intermediate or the Division 2 uh, National Leagues is starting at the weekend, because I know we're not starting until the 25th. Um, there is actually, yes. So we have games on the weekend in the Division 2, and this is 2A. So the first round of games at the weekend, we have Derry and Cavan. So a strange one to see Cavan up, but it's great because they're obviously progressing well as well. Yeah. Um, Derry has been there in Division uh, 2 with a number of years mm-hmm. trying to make the, the grade and get back up into Division 1 as well. So how do you see this coming? I suppose, listen, you'd have to be fair. You're going to see a Derry victory there. It is it is great, as you said, to have Cavan up there. But I just think it's maybe just a little bit of a stretch too far for them at the moment. Um I can stand to be corrected, but wasn't one of the Grevels over Cavan at one stage? Yes, from Jimmy. Westmead. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't think he's still there. I don't no, think he's I still think there. He's, yeah, yeah, because he's actually Dublin's. He's actually Dublin's intermediate manager or their Division 2 manager okay. now as well. So um, Yeah, I would be expecting a Derry victory anyway from that. I think Derry are going to have to push push very hard to Division 2 this year. I really, I think like we need to see something from them. Bit unlucky last year, but yeah. you never know. Good start might take uh, all that away. That game is taking part in Lavi at 2 o'clock on Saturday. Also at 2 o'clock in the Abbey Dorney GA grounds in Kerry. It's Kerry versus Westmeath. That's going to be that'll be a tough one. Um, I think the fact that Westmeath have to travel to Kerry, though, you would be expecting Kerry to come out with a victory there, and I suppose Kerry kind of want to capitalise on their performances last year as well. So you will be expecting a Kerry victory there too. Okay, uh, Leash and Meath is going to take part in Mount Rath at two o'clock on Saturday. So how do you see this one going? A Leash and Meath. I'm going to go with a Meath victory in this. Um, again, I think. Meath especially after last year as well another team that need to push push themselves to the limits obviously Leash do as well but I just feel like there's just a little bit more of a bite in Meath Okay, so you're going with meat on that one. Right, uh, the Division 2B. So there's no games in that one because they're not starting until the 25th. The Division 3 is not starting until the 4th of March. That is 3A. And if 3A is not starting until the 4th of March, well, the 3B is a week earlier uh, starting at the 25th. And actually Dublin, uh, the one you were talking about with Jimmy Greville, is actually in uh, the Division 3B. So they're not starting until the 25th as well. So, yeah, um, lots Lots of games uh, and lots of action over the weekend. Kilkenny were also out as well at the weekend in underage action because the minor team was playing awfully in the Leinster Minor A semi-final and Kilkenny coming away with a victory there. 119 to 8 points. And if I'm not mistaken, they are going to be taking on Dublin in the final because Dublin beat Wexford at the weekend as well. So that's going to be taking part in a couple of weeks' time while the B team... I'm 
we're not going to give out the result because Wicklow is a developing county to be fair to them they had 26 players that turned up to Thomastown at the weekend great to see so many girls playing it was a very comprehensive win to be fair for the B team but when you're looking at it and you look that you see you're going to play Kilkenny uh, mm-hmm. in any grade whether it's their A or their B team um, they played so well um, they put scores on the scoreboard as well but Kilkenny did win uh, comprehensively in that game so Kilkenny will now take on Meath in the semi-final because that was a quarter-final in the B Championship so that semi-final is taking part uh, or taking place I should say this weekend coming and that is down for the Sunday and it is in Meath with a venue to be decided and a time of I think it's 2pm that those games are going to take part in so we wish all of those the very best of luck as well Right have we anything else madam? No, but I feel like you're going to throw something at me here. Um, I'm not really. I was going to bring up something. I mean, we have been talking about abuse for match officials, etc. over the last number of weekends, last mm-hmm. number of weeks, last number of months, etc. Years. years at this stage. Um, we rarely talk about abuse, though, for county board officials, okay. etc. Me being one of them. Okay. And recently... I was at a county final. Mm-hmm. It was an underage game. Yeah. And I was verbally abused by an individual in a club. Okay. And sent in a report to our THDC committee. So we're going back now to the THDC committees and that's why I kind of sniggered a small little bit because my love with the THDC committee at the minute is at rock bottom um, when you put to it. And basically, the individual got away with a slap on the wrist. Now... I'm thinking to myself that every county board official that's in the place is going out and doing it voluntary, the same as coaches are in mm-hmm. most places. But like what gives the right to some person to go and verbally abuse an official, whether it be a match official, whether it be an umpire? And we're always talking about officials, but no one actually talks about a county board official or somebody that's there in the capacity of running a game or running a county final and people think that they can do what they like and when they are reported for it and we're always saying to people that there has to be consequences etc but when they are reported about it they get a slap on the wrist and get away with it like what does that say to the rest of all of the people around the place that open season and county board officials be the look of it yeah like I think it kind of goes back to it goes back to the, the tale that I suppose that we're so sick of talking about that somebody needs to be made an example of and I know it's it's terrible but it, it does need to be done I suppose it's kind of nearly the same as you know what's going on in the Premier League at the moment with Man City and all that you know like it's quite similar they have to make an example of somebody somewhere and it's you, there has to be an example made of someone if that's the case then Martin you're refereeing a match next week I'm going to go out and I'm just going to abuse it because I feel like it do you know but you see there seems to be more powers though for uh, a THDC committee or whatever to deal with a referee's abuse if you abuse a referee seemingly Mm. there's more powers there to deal with it which I can't understand because the referee the umpires a match official and county board officials I mean do you think that if Larry McCarthy who was the president of the GEA or if Hilda Breslin yeah. who was the president of the Camogie Association went to any match and were verbally abused by a manager yeah. a coach uh, a match official a county board official that they were only going to get away with a slap on the wrist no they it? wouldn't they absolutely not wouldn't. a hope in they'd hell they'd be banned they'd be banned from games like let's let's be realistic like, it would happen and I suppose like it kind of comes back to why like why do we why do we allow this to happen you know like you know, what was the slap on the wrist 
a warning. Basically, like, slap on the redone. Don't, a finger don't wag, do it don't again. again. Like, you know, that's not good enough. But again, that person is also, that person is whatever. I don't know what club. I don't even know what you're talking about. Oh, no, no, I'm not going yeah. to name the club, um, to be fair. At the that person is obviously meant to be he's potentially a, he's a role model for whoever is there he could be I don't know is he a mentor whatever the case may be but he's a mentor yeah yeah so like that person then is kind of uh, telling kids that it's okay to do this because you get away with it it's not okay it's something has to be done somewhere because we spoke about this last year when it came to referees there's going to be an all out strike and to be honest with you I'm all in favour of it if it happens because I think it's only right at the end of the day they're only human like we had so many bad there were so many bad reports coming back last year from referees throughout the country being attacked being chased to their cars being one of them was hospitalised I think at one stage down the country or whatever the case may be like it has to stop somewhere something has to come to an end we need to put a harsher punishment on it like ban them from clubs ban them from matches if it's not done and I don't care like whoever I just whatever these committees if they're not going to do it like have they got a right to do it the question is... Have the committee got a right to ban someone from matches? Yes. Okay, so why are they not? Why are they not enforcing this? There's powers there for either suspensions or fines or whatever. And again, I'm not advocating fines on the club. And I have great relationship with this club. Never yeah, yeah. had an issue with yeah. them before. And again, as I said, I'm not going to name a club. But yeah. this individual who went to a hearing, um, etc. And I was basically seen as just a figure that was there to present a cup to a winning captain. Now, how in God's name, I want to, I, I could say different things here, but how in God's name do you think reading that that, that made me fail the other night? Yeah, like I just, it's, it's deplorable, it's appalling. Um, you know, regardless of what position that you're in in the county board, be you the you know the vice chairperson or the PRO or the assistant PRO, it shouldn't happen. You know, even you know child welfare officer, whatever the case may be, it should not happen. You should not be um, you should not be verbally abused at any match. You, like you know because of your position or whatever the case may be. Like, but what if the shoe was on the other foot? Oh, what, be what if it had been be me up. that done that to a coach at the match? Martin, if that if you had done that to a coach, I guarantee you'd be thrown out of the county board. That's what would happen. Let's let's be realistic. That I'd be on happen. the KCLR news for yeah, starters because would. some parents would yeah. be given out because or ringing be a in. And, county yeah. board official abuses X, Y, and Z or whatever the case may be because of the position that you are in. But again, because of the position that you are in your man gets away with it makes no sense and I agree that double standards I agree that officials and the same with referees should be held to a higher accountability um, because you are in a position that's there and as much and as hard as you clench your fist and really want to let fly and dig back and give it as much as you can you have to be restrained and you have to be so cool and not lose your head or anything at the same day even though you want to but at the end of the day then when you're looking back at things and you see that a fella or a lady and I'm not going to say which it was but um, you're getting a slap on the wrist basically for it I mean you're thinking to yourself why in F's name would I be bothered getting involved in an organisation that doesn't back their volunteers who go in week in week out the same as coaches do to be fair I'm not saying they don't either Mm -hmm. but like why the hell should we go to games and be verbally abused week in week out and nothing has been done about it No kind of it kind of um, you know throws the give respect get get respect campaign right out the window really when it's not being 
you know, kind of, you know, broadcast there throughout the clubs. Like, I think, like, you know, and I said this last week, and I don't want to sound like a broken record. We're going to be talking but we're going about to this. Be, yeah. yeah, we are. We are. We are going to be talking about this in a year's time. And really, like, unless something is done, and I say people are like, oh, my God, is this speech just on repeat? Because this is all she says. But like, it literally is. We are going to be talking about this in a year's time unless something is actually done about it with regards to referees, managers, players, everybody that's involved in the wider community, GA community. Somebody has to be made an example of. It's not going to be nice but it has to be done people need to know that there's repercussions if you can't go to uh, if you can't go to a match and act in um, and act in a decent manner towards another human being you shouldn't be there if you're going to go to a match and you can't behave yourself but and like you know have little have kids running around and you think it's okay for you to act like that in front of kids who you're meant to be a role model for who are looking at you thinking well if he can get away with that I can get away with that or she get away with that or whatever the case may be it's not right it's never going to sit well but it's going to keep on continuing until somebody actually stands up and has the B-A-L-L-S to do something about it because other than that it ain't going to happen we're still going to be here in 12 months time talking about it Yeah well we certainly can but you're now in as the County Board Rep because you took over yeah. the Secretary's job in Tullerone congratulations to you as well on that oh, yes. hard role that is on out there yes. but you're going to be at County Board meetings and you're talking about a broken down record you are going to hear week in week out about everything choice welfare thing about guard vetting about oh, child, child safe guarding and <laughs> you know uh, what else is the other one that's in it um, I can't think of what it is off the top of my head now at the minute of course I know it's the foundation course I'm only gamming here with her just to see the reaction I'm going to get but uh, yeah broken down records we do sound like mm. but at the end of the day Absolutely. someone is not going to put up with it at some stage yeah. and the way things are going I'm certainly not going to put up with it anymore because yeah. if it does happen I'll walk yeah, you know what, and I think why, that's why would I? Like, if you if you were a coach mm-hmm. and you were getting dogs abused in your own club by parents of a team, yeah. do you think that you'd stay put in a no. position like that? Not a hope in hell. Like, and do you know what? Like, these, are, like, <laughs> they're probably the first people that are going to complain that somebody said something to them. Like, yeah, do you know, like, and that's, that's <laughs> yeah. about the size. But like, they're going to be the first person to go off and complain that oh, Johnny down the road said something to me at training or whatever, and I didn't appreciate this or blah blah blah, and I want this to go further, and I want something done about that. Like it's double standards. They it's two faced. Like it's just it's crazy. It's absolute joke. It certainly is. Anyway, it's been an enjoyable podcast again this week. Thank you for joining me in studio again because I know you're very, very busy. Again, congratulations to TUD on their magnificent win in their Ashbourne Cup at the weekend. We can't but not but have the height of praise for you all. And I'm really going to look forward to Roisin McCormack's interview next weekend with us as well. Congratulations again to our minors who are in the Leinster final again for another year and our B team who are in the Leinster semi-final at the weekend. And of course, best of luck to Brian and all of his backroom team yes. and the senior girls as they take on Clare at the weekend and don't forget that game will be live with uh, ourselves on KCLR from 12 o'clock from Cusick Park and Ennis on Sunday so don't forget to keep an eye out for that and as always wherever you get your podcast from don't forget to download us hit that like button hit that little bell and as soon as our podcast goes live you'll get a notification to be able to listen to it every Tuesday from here until we decide that we're going to stop which probably won't be until the end of the team of the year again mm-hmm. which is going to be many weeks away it won't be long about creeping up on us but from myself and on you here in the KCLR studio as always mind yourselves be happy enjoy your sport and we will talk to you again next week thanks very much bye bye, bye. She's
This is Come On Kind with Martin Quilty and Onya Fahey. Come on. 